Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. Today we're talking agriculture with Scott Tim. Uh, Scott is a multi-generational farmer and agricultural entrepreneur here in the Monroe area. Scott has two primary businesses. He runs uh, GC Seed and Service and uh, Green County Farms. Green County Farms primarily distributes uh, CBD and runs the Green County Farm Stand. Scott is very passionate about the state of Wisconsin and Green County and agriculture. Uh, it definitely shines through in this episode. We talk all, all about uh, the importance of agriculture and, and the family farm and all that stuff. So really hope you guys enjoy this episode. As always, check out our website, wiscolegacy.com. You'll find articles and videos and audio versions of the podcast on there. You'll also find all that stuff on YouTube and uh, all the podcast platforms. So go check those out. Um, If you want to support the podcast, go rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. That'll help us a lot. And go follow our social media channels as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So go check those out. Uh, That's where you get the most up-to-date information as well. So really hope uh, you guys enjoy this episode, Talking Agriculture with Scott Tim. I'm Scott Tim. I'm a passionate Wisconsin farmer and entrepreneur, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Uh, Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On today's episode, we have uh, Green County farmer and entrepreneur here on the episode, Scott Tim. Scott, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Thanks for having me, Corey. Absolutely. So Scott, you were born and raised here in Monroe. Uh, I've been having a lot of Monroe people on lately, so uh, I always like to talk about Monroe. Can you talk about growing up here in Monroe? Yeah, Monroe is a great town. There was always a lot of fun things to do. When I got to go into town, I did a lot of really fun things out in the farm and in the country and really didn't know how beautiful place I was growing up until I grew up and valued it. Yeah, definitely Monroe had all the resources you need to become successful and enjoy life. Uh, there's a I've watched my whole family just interact with everybody from town and build the network and uh, really feel valued to be a part of that community. Definitely a great place to be. Like you said, there's all the resources you need. Uh, you have that small town feel uh, living here. Um, but you have enough resources around to, to really do what you need to do. So you grew up on a multi-generational farm uh, right outside of Monroe. Can you talk about growing up on the farm? Yeah, I'm a fifth generation farmer with my uh, two brothers when they uh, come back to work. Uh, my dad and stepmom still dairy farming. Uh, same barn that my grandpa milked and my great grandpa milked. Uh, it was, it was definitely a learning curve, just being exposed to a lot of things. Also not being able to go do every single thing you wanted to do every day, but when you could do those things, you definitely appreciated it. I felt very lucky and being able to ride four wheelers, have the land and the you know, just the space, the crick, and all the country friends. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have changed anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the farming community around uh, Monroe and the Green County area is seemingly pretty tight knit. Can you talk about you know, the relationships you built uh, with some of the other farmers around the area? 
Yeah. One thing for sure growing up and I've seen it a little bit in some other communities just with some internships I did, but I didn't really realize how close the neighborhood was and especially dairy farming, you know, you're farming together in your neighborhood when somebody needs something, you don't have to go far to find help or just dr dropping anything at the, you know, any second of the day for them. It's pretty standard practice. I look up to a lot of neighbor farmers and been great examples and definitely want to spread that and appreciate that when you don't know your neighbors or you talk to other people around the world that don't know who's on the other side of the fence or maybe not have that relationship and you think how much they're probably missing out yeah for sure uh they're like i said the, the community here is awesome and uh really supportive for sure uh from what i've seen uh what life lessons did you learn uh, growing up on the farm? You know, hard work is probably definitely one of them. Uh, what are some of the some life lessons you learned? Yeah, for sure, hard work. Also, you know, things aren't built overnight. I think it's really hard right now for people to grasp these long-term investments and building something that takes years to build and working towards those things that don't necessarily mean that you work hard a couple of days and next week it's going to show up. Um, just be valuing the process. Yeah. So we were, we were high school wrestling teammates. You were a senior when I was a freshman. Uh, can you talk about how you got into wrestling? Yeah, definitely. I grew up when I was a youngster, I was playing basketball and I didn't think it was the best fit for me because I was probably the smallest in my class. One of the younger ones, um, one of my good friends stopped by and we grew up together. We had some time apart, but his family was very big into wrestling and we started rolling around on his concrete floors and uh, why don't you get try this so I just started doing that and then I got in high school and then found some more opportunities to work and be a part of a team and got to participate on the varsity level all four years and really learned some life lessons that's for sure yeah you, you learn a lot stepping on that Matt um, if I remember right you were conference champ senior year right yeah, that was yeah. probably the highlight of my career. I, I'm still learning things that I learned back then and also things that you learn now, such as like nutrition and just a lot of things with diet. And back then I might not have done it properly. I got it done. I never missed my weight, but I was – it wasn't just wrestling for me. It was – I had to battle the scale a lot so that I learned a lot. Sometimes do you regret not going heavier? Yeah. But just when I got to college, I had to fend for some food a lot of times. So it, it taught me that right off the bat, but yeah, it's, I'm still appreciating learning lessons now and, and just that kind of work ethic that's, 
ran in the, on the farm as same as the mat where it's, it's every day, you know, it's not something you just, you know, if you want to be the top of anything, you got to just put the time in and uh, watching my family farm every day was simple. And then taking that work ethic to the field and to my businesses and yeah, it's, I don't regret it at all. One second. Yeah. Yeah. Learned a, met a lot of people and just great networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, being a part of the, the wrestling family here in Monroe, uh, like you said, you meet a lot of connections. You learn a lot about yourself. Uh, a lot of life lessons that you're probably carrying into your business businesses today. Um, and you, you learned some of that in, on the farm too. Did uh, growing up on the farm help you on the mat? Uh, for sure. I mean, if it wasn't just the throwing the bales portion, it was, you know, not quitting, not giving up on your dreams or, you know, what you think are your dreams at the time. And, um, yeah, I, and it was community. A lot of the guys in the country were the same guys on the wrestling team. So it was just hand in hand and we helped push each other and, even those summer sessions when that work wasn't required and not too many people were doing it, you know, you weren't alone. It was, it was very much, you know, a team effort. And that was, you know, just that team mentality. Some people I don't think understand how much, how close a wrestling team actually is. Yeah. You go through a lot uh, between cutting weight, you know, every weekend you're going to a tournament together and, in a gym all weekend long, you know, practices a few hours a night, you know, we used to do some stuff before school and yeah, just, there's such a, a family atmosphere that happens on, on a good wrestling team. And any team, we, but yes, for sure. Wrestling. Yep. Absolutely. So you, uh, you talked a little bit about, about nutrition. You're actually uh, recently found a new sort of passion, I guess you're, you're starting to do some more triathlons and things like that. Want to talk about that? Yeah, I started, uh, in 2000, this year, 2021 doing my first triathlons. I've done a few run races prior years, but this is the first time that, um, I saw there was a local race in Belleville. Some of my friends made me aware of, put it on the calendar because I wanted to work towards something and just get outside my comfort zone. I had never, I did water sports and skied and could swim, but I never distant swam. So that's still a big challenge and having improvements. And then I've always liked biking, but it was more like off-roading or mountain biking, but it was not so much road biking. So that's, it's just fun, you know, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and learning so much when you start from nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling the networking and, or not, and just the support system around some of these events. There's some really great energy that you experience because nobody judges anybody. And we're all, you know, you're all just competing against yourself and, challenging yourself so yeah everybody's supportive it's it's a great atmosphere and 
a lot of like-minded people that, you know, want to better their health and value that. And, and everybody starts them for different reasons, but nobody regrets it. Now, I don't think there's one person that regrets doing some of these things. Yeah. Trying, trying to better yourself and working towards a goal. Um, you know, that's probably a big reason why I gained so much weight after high school. You know, I, I was a three sport athlete and constantly working towards something. Then I went to college and had nothing to work towards. And, you know, obviously over the last year, I've done a lot of work to, to lose weight and stuff. And um, part of that was my family. And part of it was, you know, setting goals for myself to, to reach, you know, running a 5k, never thought I'd do that in my life. And I, I did it. So yeah, maybe, maybe I'll join you someday for one of them triathlons. You look we'll good. Yeah. I'm smiling huge as well. And that's like, it's all the process and life short. I went wrestling is I've went up and down 50 pounds, probably like four times in my life, 50 plus pounds, maybe 60. So there's been different experiences and, you know, no matter where you're at, you know, it's, you can't tell yourself that it's just going to, if you're not happy, that it's just going to stay like that. So it's, and not everybody has good days either, but putting things on the calendar, put yourself around those people and, and keep your chin up. Yeah, exactly. All right. So after high school, uh, you went to UW Platteville. Platteville's really known for their, their agriculture program there. Uh, what led you to Platteville and uh, what you major in over there? So I always loved math. So I figured, what should I do? I'm like, oh, I might as well be an engineer. I hear they're good at math. So Platteville was close and f- f- the right price. And also, you know, I could get home to hunt. I could get home to get to the farm. I could, you know, just have that flexibility. If I forgot my phone or wallet, you can run back home in a night and not worry about parking spot and some of that stuff. But the engineering program originally started me there. And then about two years in, I looked around my class and I didn't really have a lot in common with a lot of the people around me. Just was like, calculus a lot of calculus and i like math but not necessarily xyz squared you know but uh so i got i love the chemistry portion but the math was a struggle for me and i randomly stopped in the egg hall one day and just was looking at other options and i found a business that was like this sounds right up my alley and got most of my credits to transfer over to that. So um, switched to ag and met a ton of great people that had very similar interests and came from the same sort of background and then started my ag business degree, which I met one of my Dr. Steiner, who was one of my ultimate professors that really sparked my passion for it, pushed me to do a lot of entrepreneur competitions and, and just put business plans together and just connected really well with me. And he was 
part of some clubs that I was in as well. So I had a lot of exposure to him and, and I wrote a business plan my senior year. So when I got out and I started, I started my business, my senior year of college, I would come home a few days a week and start to meet farmers, introduce myself and kind of kicked my career off. Yeah. That's, um, being able to make those connections uh, is I, I, awesome when you're in college uh, to be able to really kick it in right away. Um, but you talked about that, that professor being a really big influence. Were there other influences in your life that led you down the path of agriculture? Definitely. I mean, my grandpa, my dad, um, my uncle, all the family that I have that was in agriculture, all my neighbors that were in agriculture, um, my advisor who helped me simplify scheduling classes and putting me in the right ones. Just a lot of my friends that were, that are super agriculturalists and I look up to. So that would probably be, yeah, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so agriculture here in Wisconsin is definitely, uh, one of our biggest things here. Can you talk about the importance of agriculture as it relates to Wisconsin? Definitely. I mean, when you think about how we generate revenue and the things that leave our state and we sell, majority of them are agricultural and that's what we, you know, that's what we're working towards, like our products. So all these diverse products that we have, which makes us a very strong state because we do grow a really wide variety of different things from tomato or cranberries to potatoes to, you know, sweet corn, one of the best growing sweet corn states. Um, we used to be way back in the day, a little bit, the biggest exporter of hemp in the world. Um, there's a lot of crops that thrive in our um, environments and with our soils. So, yeah. And I mean, obviously the big one cheese that we just uh, locally here, one travel Wisconsin best cheese carried in the state, which pretty much, makes us king of the castle (laughs) but uh yeah no i'm excited we we have a ton of great farmers in the state and we're not all relying on one thing and we all work together so and we have good soils and we have good water and yeah we have all all the ingredients to be successful so that's i mean a huge portion of what wisconsin's about and a lot of people come here for tourism because of agriculture as well you know even you know some of the lumber that comes from up north or the logging that happens or and then we're also surrounded by water on three of the four sides so we can have those modes of transportation to export as well which makes us very efficient um yeah i, I don't know yeah. what, what what other questions you got for egg i'm ready for them 
Well, I was I was going to ask about the importance of the the family farm. Uh, there's there seems to be a lot more uh, bigger commercialized farms coming in in the world now, and you see less and less uh, people getting into farming. Or you know, it's really sad to see some of these multi generational farms uh, dwindling away. Can you talk about talk about the the family farm? Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the hardest working people there are out there and it is so challenging to work that close. You know, there's so many pros, but also cons of working with family. You give it emotional, you know, you spend all your time with them gets to be that that is the time you spend together is just working. Um, but the family farm is changing from what it used to be. A lot of, older generations had bigger families and now we're getting smaller families, which creates issues before it was very easy to find the labor also to maybe disperse the farm equally across um, kids or help. And the smaller as we've drove like society's, required our farmers to be more efficient so they push in efficiency and we've you know efficiency has been the main driver for quite a few years the marketing end wasn't a part of the farm as it is now it's becoming really important back you know not long ago it didn't matter and it still doesn't matter say a dairy farm dairy farmer you know, if they invest in marketing, be, you know, making their farm look nice, making themselves, you know, be an advocate for dairy, um, as in telling the good word, because milk is obviously good for you. Um, but they haven't invested in the marketing because it never made them any more money at the end of the day because the, the, the milkman would come in, take the milk, leave. They would get a check in the mail. None, nothing they did on the farm besides produce more milk would make them more money. So they have to be more efficient. Well, in that time, um, media has been so powerful and agriculture is such an amazing story. It truly is. And people, others have seen the opportunity to market food other than the farmer. And I'm not saying it's bad or good, but it's distanced the farmer from the consumer because there's more people in between there to maybe misinterpret, miscommunicate the story. You know, when I was growing up, we'd have our cousins or friends or other kids helping on the farm. They would come see how the farm is ran at supper that night with their family, they would tell what they saw that day on the farm. And that story would get told what efficiency wise, we haven't had to do those manual labor and needed some of those things. So there's been a distance. It's kind of like, um, if uh, this is a bad analogy, but, um, there's just a lot of people in, between the consumer and the farmer, which 
hurts the farmer as well because you know when the prices get tough you know they don't always and they don't they're not making good money they don't maybe feel valued because it's like oh what i'm producing isn't bringing value they don't feel valued like part of the society just because they've been pushed off and then you know if they're not making paying their bills it it obviously you never really feel great when you can't pay your bills or you struggle to pay bills or maybe it's the farm's pushing you so much to make money that you don't have anything left for yourself mm-hmm. to be, you know properly diet and have a good diet you know just things that everybody should do for themselves and Mm -hmm. that's where it gets cut off first so it's kind of a domino effect and it's important to market like the farmers are the most some of the most trusted people there are in society so we just it's very hard to allocate those resources and those times and use these new tools that i mean they're using they have their plate already full of new tools to use that they need people to help them you know it's such a large investment to start to, you know, tell the story. And it is uncomfortable because they haven't been there in a while because, you know, when you're on the farm, you work every day. You don't always get to go see people. You don't even sometimes like get to open your phone. So you can get distance and just naturally, like when you don't talk to people for a while, it gets more intimidating to, you know, break that barrier. And in the meantime, there's people marketing their products that, you know, not necessarily are on the farm. So they can tell the story how they want to. And, you know, also they get paid first because they're the ones selling the product. So literally the consumer pays, buys the product from them. They have the money in their hand. They have their bills. There's not too many people that are going to pass along that money to the farmer before their bills are paid. So depending on how big those bills are, you know, there might not be much left for the farmer. So bringing the consumer closer to the farmer is healthier for both ends. And, you know, the store, they can tell a story. And a lot of people don't think about it, but what you eat is like the most stressful decision we all make because we have to make it three times a day. So not only are you in taking the nutritional aspect, but you are, your brain is also processing if you did the right choice on what you ate. So when you know the farmer and you know, you're being, you're just as important in society as the farmer by consuming their goods, you've taken the stress off yourself. So you're, you know, mentally as well as nutritionally, you're fulfilling your needs. So it's like, it's a lot to take in, but um, it's really what I've learned with my farm stand and just building relationships uh, with consumers and having relation, being the farmer and working with other farmers. Cause I want to, I don't want every farm to try to have to recreate the wheel. And that's kind of the idea of the farm stand that I started is that we can, I'm lucky to have the resource with um, the highway, which, you know, if you're trying to make an efficient farm, the highway right through your farm is inefficient. So I'm trying to use the positives of just the traffic 
as well as the high speed internet that not every not too many people in agriculture have. So the, the resources aren't even there sometimes. And we need to work together just like we've always worked together. You know, we don't, everybody wants to help the farmer, but are they going to drive around half the day picking up one item at a time farm to farm? That's not realistic in, mm-hmm. in today's world. So trying to create an, a central location so we can all work together. You know, we don't necessarily need to make profit off each other's product, but we want to tell all our networks to go to the same place and help also the other your neighbor. So sending them to one central location, um, trying to create some avenues. So that way people can see a light on how to grow something and maybe get it to the consumer and, you know, make a profit and also grow what they want to grow. And love. I don't want to like, nobody should tell anybody what they're farming or whatever. It's, it's such a creative process that you'd be missing out if somebody gave you the directions. So. Yeah. A lot, um, a lot to unpack right there for sure. Uh, super interesting. I want to talk a, about the farm stand. So I want to just take a quick step back. Uh, you're, you run, um, it's called green County farm stand. If you're watching the video, you can see the shirt right there. Um, it's right off of highway 69, uh, on the South or South side of highway 69 in South of Monroe here. Um, you kind of touched on it there, but do you want to talk about why, why you decided to create the farm stand and, uh, how you allocate the, the goods you have there? Definitely. So the farm stand about six years ago, I started growing sweet corn and just having a roadside sweet corn stand putting it there on our system in 2019 i grew hemp for cbd uh with a friend and my parents who are not on the dairy side which is another uh aspect but uh bringing i want to bring people into agriculture that's why it was such a uh, amazing experience but so I grew the hemp, like a lot of people, I got a final product. And then all of a sudden I have this great product in my hand and there's no buyers. So we kind of have taken for granted in agriculture that when you grow something, there's going to be a market for it. So you could grow whatever you want and as much as you want, and somebody's going to be there to buy it. So, but that wasn't the case once we got to that. So I needed an avenue to market, um, my CBD that I took to a final product um, process, had a third party process it and then bottled and now we distribute it. But I needed a location for that. And I figured, well, I was already selling sweet corn, um, did that. Uh, also 2020 happened and another neighbor was shorthanded she was selling at the Beloit farmers market as well as Fitchford farmers market and they were required to have another person on hand set up an online ordering process um like I said have another person with them so it was this incredible ask for them as well as all the tents had to be spaced apart so they had to cut a bunch of farmers off and just a lot of things happening so I invited her to 
work with us. Um, and Luana Parr, and she has a great garden and great selection of produce and it just worked out. So she came and then we started selling cheese from the farm as well there. So kind of just bringing what we had, what we are growing on the farm and then, um, yeah, creating a central location for some of those things and met so many neighbors and great people and so many good experiences out of it that that's kind of where the farm stand started and just bringing people to the farm, one easy location and being able to also have something to document for social media too. So constant new material naturally at our, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, usually when I see you had sweet corn, we'd rush out there real quick and try to beat the rush and stuff. And it seems like anytime you posted something, the, the farm stand would get pretty busy. So I was to go out and, and beat the rush there. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty hot commodity. The sweet corn is very hot commodity, which we also had strawberries that were hot commodity. A lot of the stuff we have are premium products and yeah, the sweet corn goes fast. It's, it was it, the sweet corn is definitely the way I want to build trust for my CBD because the level of passion that goes in the sweet corn is equivalent to the CBD and the amount of checking and just growing techniques with some of the no-till and cover crop things I'm doing good for good for the so our soils on the farm um and just people tell me i got sweet corn here for tw 20 days this year and i didn't have one bad year so i'm just trying to build that trust that they can trust anything that grows from the farm and want to come out and really value that because then i feel the value when they feel value products that i grew yeah, you know, building that trust and building, you're essentially building a brand uh, through that, um, you know. So you're talking about, you've talked about marketing quite a bit and I, you mentioning your CBD business, you and I were talking just the other day about uh, building a brand and, you know, focusing on the local area and, and whatnot. Can you talk about your, your marketing strategy around your, your CBD? I definitely, I'm, I'm really like people have been very reserved on some of this type of talk, like especially out West because they've been able to grow some of these um, cannabis products for years and they all recreated the wheel because they didn't want to share with their neighbors. And I've really learned through 2020 that it's natural to hoard and think about yourself but when you do share an idea or like you think should i ask them oh, i don't want them to steal the idea it's like more times than not when you ask them they actually have three more connections that you needed so uh, but the marketing strategy for the cbd is just to you know 
bring everybody up right now it's getting it in the hands that people the most hands possible that people that need it i see firsthand when somebody people come to me all the time and say you fed my whole family all weekend sweet corn the kids are going crazy they couldn't eat enough and that's really hits home for me when i started getting CBD products, my CBD products into people like my grandma's hands, my neighbor that has terrible, the worst arthritis I've ever seen in my life. Some pets around here that are very old and change their lives. Like those kind of experiences are why I do it. And I'm seeing this long-term vision. So I really want to just be able to capture some of that build a story for you know people to try it having an open mind and getting into higher traffic areas that people value these things and not afraid to make a very small investment to a local farmer and it's not even about the investment that's just the extra value you're already going to like the product even if it wasn't for me but just having people have an open mind and patience because CBD isn't an overnight thing. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for your body to go get to homeostasis and you can only absorb so much CBD a day. So it's a slow, very small amount. The rest goes through your digestive system. But um, I really want to, just work together with the community because I know how much it'll help and, and how strong a connections Wisconsin, but especially Southern Wisconsin, green County and surrounding, you know, you see it too, how, you know, how many people are under the radar around here that you had no clue, but they're doing crazy things in the world and they have crazy networks. So it's not about trying to get everybody to buy it across the country, but it just, you know, build some trust with some people locally that have good networks and want to build a network and want their friends to enjoy life more and sleep better, ache less. Um, just that all around good feeling. So there's so many different, reasons that i'm not gonna stop and i want to just get it in the hands of others as well as create opportunity for people locally as the business grows that people that want to be a part of agriculture but maybe don't see their way in or maybe there's a lot of people there is a lot of people and opportunities in agriculture that people want think they would enjoy but we're total you know, would have great happiness doing and especially a lot of the marketing and we need to have people help us with a lot of these tools that are new to us. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I yeah. think one, one thing that uh, is maybe lacking a little bit is education around agriculture and all the benefits that, that happen uh, for the state, for the communities, for people in general, you've you know touched on a lot of things that um, might open some eyes. Uh, so, but it's really cool to see, like, I can see in your eyes, how passionate you are about this and, you know, you're going to be making, uh, you're going to have really good results from your, your CBD stuff. So that's, that's really cool to see. And I've already had, I've already 
been repaid fully with the experiences, the things that I've learned being close to my plants and the soil and seeing how these all work together as well as um, with my triathlon, triathlon training, my body requires excellent rest. When I take my CBD, I sleep the soundest eight hours of my life and I wake up and I can go hard day after day after day. So I need those, that rest and on my own experiment, you know, just seeing it work on more of the athlete athlete side and especially with some of the concussions and anything that's what like CBD helps inflammation in general. So if you have stress, which your brain is going to be inflamed, or if you have trauma, it's going to help those joints, any part of your body. So like the big, that's a very simple way of telling you what CBD does for you. But I've, I've already been have full return on investment for that. So it's all bonus from here. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so between doing that, the farm stand, you also have a, a seed and service company as well, right? Uh, yeah, no, I, that's the business that I started right out of college, um, working with farmers, making sure we're getting the right crop. They're growing the right crop, helping them give input on varieties or different farming practices or just working in general with the farms and getting the right seed to their farm is the idea, but you name it. I try to do what I can for anybody. Yep. You're, uh, you're involved in the community as well. Uh, you, you do some things with the farm bureau, sorry. Uh, you sponsor events, things like that. Can you talk about the importance of being involved in the community here, how it helps you, how it helps your business, but how it also helps the community? Yeah, I definitely, or I was active my last few years of college in some clubs, Dairy Club and AGR at Platteville. And I really learned what the value of networking and being in a structured organization with Farm Bureau, Green County Farm Bureau, I get to surround myself with some, so many other passionate people about agriculture. I get to get exposure into policy and how that's all structured. Um, getting, you know, just having the back of others that have the same mindset. Um, anything, like I said, policy to youth development, safety. Uh, everybody does it all. So it's just, it, it's something to keep busy, you know, and just keep it active. And like, I find some of my interns through, you know, like Blackhawk, who one of the, another board member, Dusty is on great resource for, you know, students coming into the workforce or other people that are ahead of their industries and agriculture a different facet but just just seeing and working with a lot of people from similar backgrounds but involved in totally different things in agriculture mm -hmm. and that's so, that's the same thing with any organization you're going to be involved in in town with the yeah. chamber optimist yeah you name it yeah 
it all it all comes back to networking and uh, you know as you're growing your businesses and whatnot. Networking is a huge deal. I had the same kind of experience in college. My last or my last three years in college, I was really involved in a club and ended up being president and met a ton of people. Helped me get my internship, got a full time job, you know all that. So those connections you make, uh, they they'll pay off you know, long-term I'm, I'm actually with the podcast leaning into some of the people I met through that club back in college. And, uh, it's just awesome to, to be able to do that and learn that at a, a young age. It only takes one person to change everything in your life. So it, if you have your head down and you got your walls up and you just don't want to be social, you might miss them. So I've had those phone calls that do change your life and just somebody wanting to work with you and, and it changes things in a hurry. So you just answer your phone, keep your head up. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like when you get off of those, those phone calls? Um, a lot of just, they don't happen super often but i guess it's just it really puts out a lot of fires and it really makes you feel valued and knowing that you did the prep work you know it wasn't just luck that that person called just like you know it's just not luck that you finished the triathlon it's all prep work and putting that work in and the more work you put in the more times that phone rings and things land at your doorstep but it's all because yeah, what you put in, it's not, it's not something that you just sit around on the couch all day, wait for the phone to ring. Yeah, for sure. So I know you're super passionate about green County, about Wisconsin. What makes Wisconsin great in your eyes? I think the diversity um, from the land, the soils, to the people, to the agricultural products, to the industry, just how many different great things there are to do outside, you know, hunting, fishing, skiing. We have a ton of great golf courses. You name it, I think. There's just got something for everybody, and we include everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's not a day good that goes by that you can't find something to do here. Um, you know, whether it's like you said, hunting, fishing, skiing, um, you know, Packers, Badgers, Brewers, Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's an awesome place to grow up. I've never lived anywhere else, but I don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to live anywhere else. Uh, just knowing, you know, how awesome the, the great state of Wisconsin is. I've thought about it, like just trying to like be in total control of my life. Like I could move up, you know, and then I start thinking like I could go here with they and you wouldn't have all these restaurants. You could go here, but I haven't thought of somewhere that even competes. Mm-hmm. For sure. You can't find them. You can't find this type of community anywhere right all right so uh next 
we're going to kind of wrap up with some rapid fire questions, but before we dive into those, is there anything else you wanted to cover, uh, you know, talking about agriculture, your businesses, uh, Monroe, Green County, anything else you wanted to, to touch on? I think just, you know, make sure that you remember like when you want to do something and you start dreaming, first of all, take some notes and actually think about the resources you need to do that because most of the time they're sitting right in front of you. So quit telling yourself you can't do something. That's, that's a great advice, Scott. All right. So I have three rapid fire questions and I have a final question that I ask everybody. So um, first rapid fire question, what's your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? Um, currently, well, the Corner Cafe has always been my lifelong downtown Monroe, but right now, Goodfellas Pizza in Argyle is some of the best. Yeah, surprisingly, I haven't made it over there for some. Um, Mike Graham, who was on a couple episodes ago, mentioned the same thing. So I'm going to have to put a road trip over there. It's not very far. Yeah, I... but... Nice. Uh, all right. What's your favorite event here in Wisconsin? I had cheese days. I know it's been said before on this, but we, we do have the best cheese curd in the state now officially by travel Wisconsin. They have stuff for everybody and it's such a fun event, but yeah, that's going to be it. Actually, I'm going to ask a question off of that. Can you talk about the importance of cheese days and what, what cheese days means to you and, you know, cheese days is, there's a lot of agriculture uh, involved in that. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to bring thousands of people closer to our farmers so we can serve them our products and they remember them products and it gives them an experience that they value and they take that cheese home and they spread the word and we keep telling our story about all the agriculture in Green County and surrounding, as well as let them drive around and see the beautiful countryside, you know, naturally. And hopefully they visit before the next one because there's a lot to do. That's for sure. Um, next cheese days, next year is going to be huge. We haven't had it for a few years, so I'm excited for that one. I, I am too. I'm already preparing for it. And yeah, it's, it's so much work with the whole town. I mean, I don't know many in town that don't do some work just in prep of this. So I know everybody's ready to get back to work. <laughs> yep, for sure. All right. Uh, last rapid fire question here. Uh, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin? Oh, I mean, anywhere in the Driftless area. I love chasing big bucks and there's some big ones there and over by the river but probably up some of that that spring green area is some of the best but i lake wisconsin is a close second also up like hatfield area i love four wheeling up there it's hard to pick just one i've also taken a houseboat down the mississippi and i would recommend that to, to anybody um yeah. yeah. Nice. 
All right. Last question for you, Scott. Uh, when all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? The legacy I want to leave behind is that we can make Wisconsin the we have all the resources in Wisconsin to make Wisconsin the greatest. And I have visions of making green or we, that we can all bring green County to the level of like say orange County, California, and put us really on the map to do those big things and increase all our values together and bring everybody up. And that's, that's for the whole state just because we bring so many good things to the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that. Bring them to the table. I like it. Uh, that no, that's it. Honestly, seems attainable. With so you know, Monroe itself is the the cheese making or cheese making capital of the world. I believe um, we have so many uh, dedicated farmers and entrepreneurs like yourself who uh, put so much time and effort into actually here i you know the sky's the limit for what we can do here we just gotta allocate the right resources and uh get things done right yeah <laughs> yeah awesome the work like you're doing yeah it's great appreciate it yeah absolutely i appreciate you hopping on on wisco legacy scott um it's a lot of fun yeah anybody has any questions ever uh feel free to reach out to me you can find me on instagram at scotty tim or green co farm stand on facebook or instagram so reach out say hi yeah let's go let's go support these local farmers